It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Sorry, I let that go a little bit longer because I was kind of just enjoying, was kind of enjoying the groove. Um, it is, let's see, it's 11.35 on Monday evening. Uh, remember, guys, I usually have timestamps, at least timestamps if you want to skip those musical intros. I know a lot of people love the mashups, and some people don't don't like them, and that's awesome. Uh, as always, mashups just make me happy because, you know, you take two things you love. There is Kanye West, uh, Black Skinhead, and Tame Impala Elephant, and if you mash those together, 
I mean, that's double the happiness. I was just thinking while I was listening to that, I was like, it's been a while since I've listened to Kanye West, where I've been able to listen to Kanye West without being angry, you know? Um, I like Kanye West so much. I think he, without him telling me, I think he is a form of genius. And I can say that without him telling me that he is a genius, which he usually seems to do. But it is nice. He has not been on Twitter for, I believe, God, I think four or five months. And I got to tell you, it's, I hope he's healthy. I hope he's happy. But it's kind of nice because then you start to miss his music and you remember all these great things that he's done musically. Um, I'm not a huge fan of those, uh, what do they kind of look like, uh, dinosaur foam shoes where it kind of looks like prehistoric boot. You know, I just, I don't know if I can ever pull off. I have a pair of Yeezys. My pair of Yeezys are before he went like full where it looks like Skeletor from Masters of the Universe feet, you know? Anyways, how are you guys doing? Are you good? Um, it has been a crazy day. I don't know if you guys heard the news. It really was my birthday on Sunday. I had a great day. I mentioned yesterday before the episode of Sophie Ross that I would go into a little bit of it more. And I'm going to go into a story about what happened last night. And then we'll go into our great guest. We have Mandy Slutsker back. Um, you guys know Mandy from the podcast, Is This Real Life? And she is just a blast to talk to. She's a lot of fun. It, this is just a conversation, I feel like, between two friends that love this stuff. And we talk a lot about Bravo, but we talk a lot about life and you're like, I'm out, I'm out. No, we talk a lot about life and just, I mean, it was just a really great, nice conversation. I think you guys are really going to dig it. Um, but, uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about last night and I'll, I'll play some video clips. I got sent some really funny. I got sent a cameo. I got, I got sent a couple of things that I want to, um, let you guys listen to. And I got a couple things that, that were made for me. Um, that I just, that just blew me away. I, I, you know, I mean, some of this, sh I just, I, I start crying about, I'm go I'm fully going through menopause. Like I just am so damn lucky. And there's so many talented, amazing people out there. So it is just cool to have any of these talented people think of me. And I can't wait to tell you more about that tomorrow. Um, and the reason I'm doing that is I, I think I have to move my parents, Bill and Becky, they got bumped from today because I realized Wednesday is my second vaccine shot, you guys. And it's the Moderna one. And supposedly that makes you feel like shit for like three days. And I know me, you guys know me, I'm, I'm a wussy. So I have a feeling I'll be one of the people that do not feel good after it. So I'm banking on that. So I'm trying to get, a, um, so it might be just me and you guys tomorrow and so, and my parents, um, so just mentally preparing you for that. It might not be though. We, I might have a Hail Mary pass to somebody, but I'm just trying to get, uh, shows that I make me laugh and happy. And I really do like sometimes when it's just me and you, uh, talking and I hope that's all right. I think you guys dig that sometimes. Uh, and I got some really fun surprises for next week and the week after everything is turning up so bad. It's good. Hey, would you guys ever be interested in a t-shirt? If, if I made a couple different designs, it wouldn't be like the standard, just like logo would actually have some thought behind it. I don't know if you guys would be interested in that. Um, I don't know. I might be pulling the Patreon users over at the Patreon to see what might be up your alley. There's a couple ideas that I have, and I think it would be kind of, I think we're at the time maybe where we should do an official show shirt or, or two. I, I would be really proud of that. So I don't know if there's any interest, but if there is, I'm, I'm really seriously thinking about that as one of the next uh, steps. And me and Meditza Lopez, who has done some of the beautiful digital artwork for this, uh, have talked about it in the past. So anyways, okay. 
so last night, let me paint this picture. Okay, so have a great birthday for the most part. I wake up, I had uh, I had went to my friends for dinner, my friends Amanda and her husband, and they made me a beautiful dinner, and we watched some stand-up comedy specials, pretty mellow, uh, but had a good time. Um, uh, came home, I'm just gonna, I came home, brushed my teeth, and, um, and I watched, uh, I watched... Do you realize, like, I'm, I'm catching up on all this TV that I was supposed to watch over the last couple of years. I started watching Atlanta, Donald Glover's show uh, from FX. And I remember the first time I watched a couple episodes of it. And, you know, it's like books. Shows hit you at the right time or they don't. And when I watched Atlanta for the first time, the first couple episodes, I kind of wrote it off. And now that I'm remembering, I think I was, like, kind of in and out of this in and out of sleep. And it's so funny. So I've spent the last couple of years thinking I didn't like Atlanta. But so many people that I love and respect had told me what a great show it was. So I started rewatching it. And I I was like, what the fuck is my problem from four years ago? This is a great show. And so I've been watching that. And so I came back, watched a couple episodes of Atlanta. And it was like Christmas Eve. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. Because it was my birthday. No. But, um, you know, birthdays, though, as you get older, it's kind of like birthday hits and it's showtime uh, because you got to you got to field a lot of calls. You're talking to the relatives. You're talking to, you know, uh, you're trying to answer as many DMs as possible, uh, getting texts from people that you haven't heard from in years. Um, you know, a lot of, hey, let's hang out when the pandemic's over, a lot of that kind of stuff. So that was just <laughs> so my anxiety just shoots through the roof because I am always um and if you guys, if you guys are one of my like friends that have been like in my personal life, you guys know, you know, it's like, I already have a hard time keeping up with everything. So it's just like, it just added to the pile, but it's like the best pile ever. Cause there's all these like amazing people saying, Hey, happy birthday. So anyways, do that. I go hiking. Cause I, I figured I was going to break my diet. Uh, I was going to go eat Italian food. So got to get a hike in. And then I went to a comic book store and I got some Batman comics and it was, I hadn't done, I hadn't been in a comic book store, you guys. And, and let me explain comic books uh, to you guys or the fandom of comic books. I like Batman. I have always liked Batman and I'm very, very particular. And it doesn't get any sillier for me as I get older because I love Batman because he doesn't have a superpower. You guys, when I was a kid, I was like, if I trained really hard, and if I was really smart and did like a lot of studying, I could be Batman. And then as you get older, you realize, well, his parents were billionaires and they had to die. And I had talked to my parents about that and they were like, ah, we're not billionaires and we're not in a rush to die. So that really hampered me as any kind of Batman type figure. But I think I've told you guys on the podcast before, up until the age of 13 or 14, <laughs> that was like, if people ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? It'd be like, I can't tell you because it's be Batman. I used to dress up in the woods uh, in Olathe, Kansas. We had this place in the back of my parents' house. It was called The Trails uh, next to Scarborough Elementary School in Olathe, Kansas. I don't even know if any of this stuff is still there. And I used to dress up in my mom's. She had this like witch's cape uh, from Halloween one year. It was gray. So I dressed in that. I had these spandex black, <laughs> black and red shorts. And I was like, spandex is very superhero and i had a bullwhip from my dad got me from silver dollar city when we uh used to go on car trips with him for the summer when he would take us on his business trips we would hit the road and i had a mask like a little lone ranger mask and i would dress up all of this stuff and I would run around in the woods and I would literally, you guys spy on people. I would take the cape and I would hide behind a tree. And I thought like, this is how Batman does it. And I would try to like 
whip tree branches and swing, but like it just it it couldn't support my weight, you know. So he would, I. But that is really what I did. So, anyways, I got to do that. And then my friend Megan, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, and she has been one of my only uh, what we what pod people during this pandemic. Uh, she's awesome, and she was like, "Yeah, let's go to Dan Tana's." Well, and and I had a couple martinis, and I had this huge chicken parmesan, guys. I put it on my Instagram stories, and it looked like just a plate of cheese. But I mean that in the best possible way like if you if you say plate of cheese in my book that's that's a compliment and so it was great all you know so then uh we're gonna go home and watch the real housewives of atlanta reunion at her place and she lives like a mile from me right so we're in the living room watching the real housewives of atlanta reunion which is so so and we talk a little bit about that in today's interview uh and then i was gonna watch 90 day fiance the new one and then i was i knew i had to go home and work on the podcast that's always there at the end of the night is working on the podcast. So she's on one side of the couch. I'm on another. She's passed out. And I'm kind of in my head thinking about all the things that I got to do. And all of a sudden I hear, hear banging, banging on the front door. And I'm 15 feet from the front door. And I'm like, what? And you know that thing when you're like a little tipsy and then you immediately sober up? Like I immediately sobered up because I realized, whoa, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Who the fuck? And because she is in a back house, there's like two houses, like tiny houses, the front house. And then there's like this pathway to get into each of the front doors. And she's the bottom house. So somebody would have had to walk down the driveway, even discover that this was like the area and come in. And she has a screen door. And this person opens the screen door and starts banging on the door of like, let me in, let me in. He's got a gun. He's got a gun. And I, I think it was my Batman training. Like I immediately, well, I was like, Zzz. I was up and I was just like, Megan, go get in the other room, get in the other room. And I'm, he's like, let me in. And I'm like, no, no, you will not come in. All of a sudden I hear gun. And all of a sudden I'm just like, holy fuck, these walls are thin. Like, I'm like, is, are, is bullets going to start flying into this thing? And I'm like, I'm calling the police. I'm calling the police. And I'm just expecting, and like, there's kind of these, it's hard to explain, but windows everywhere. And she has a video camera system. So she's pulling that up. And I all of a sudden get on with 911. And it's one of those things where they're keeping me on the line. Like, it's exactly how you see in those like Dateline things where like, sir, do not hang up, sir. We'll talk, you know, and I'm like, no, we are in danger. You do not know. This is very scary, you know, because it was scary as fuck, you guys. Like, it was really, really scary. And we don't know where he's left all of a sudden because it's like dark. He was at the front door. He had opened the screen door, tried to get in. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know if there is a person with a gun. I don't know if he's trying to break in. I have no idea. And then, you know, to the right is how you would get back out. But we think he went to the left. And so he might be in this crawl space between the two houses. And then all of a sudden, I think 10 minutes all of a sudden, helicopters. And if you lived in Los Angeles this past year, we are so used to helicopters. It's like this running uh, sound in the back of your head. And it's really flipping annoying after a year of helicopters. It's just really horrifying. And so we have the helicopters. Um, the lady on the phone is like, they are, they, are out, they are out front. They want you to go meet them out front. And here's where I got to say, the LAPD... Um, how do I say this nicely? Not like, I feel like they're not super efficient. Like, why would they have us run outside? Like, 
the helicopter lights are shining on us and we're like running. I have to, we have to put our hands up and they're like, are you, are you the one called? I'm like, yeah, like people have their guns drawn. There are AR-15 rifles. And we immediately, you know, start talking to the two uh, officer ladies and explaining what happened. And they have a suspect that they've sat down on the curb, you know, and that is the person. And, uh, you know, and, and there's another part of the story where there's a sober living facility or a sober house or something next door to this house. And this is not a bad area. I want to preface that. This is not, this is like a, there's a lot of families in this area, not a bad neighborhood. It's just off of Melrose, which is kind of a trendy area of Melrose. So, but at the same time, this last year has been tough on Los Angeles. It's been tough on everywhere, but it is, I've talked about this on the podcast before. You can just sense the tension. Um, we had all of the uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests and rallies, uh, COVID, um, so many things. Like I was on the street where, you know, we were on the news because they burned the shoe store next to the Starbucks I go to, which is a half a block away from me. Like my house was on the news. My mom was like, I see you. I see your house. <laughs> She said that in an excited way. Like, I can tell my friends that your house was on the news. But, I mean, I'm so conditioned to weird shit happening. And if you guys, I know the Patreon people have gotten the full story about my roommate issue um, a couple weeks ago. But, like, I'm just on high alert. I am so tense now. Um, but it's just like a scarier LA's changed a little bit this last year. I think probably all of our locations have. But anyway, so... So it, it, this is also the thing is that is that they don't really ever tell us. They're like, this is the guy. He came from another sober facility and either he had, had a mental breakdown or he thought he was being followed with a guy with a gun, which I don't know why he would then run over to another person's house if he lives next door. There were so many unanswered questions. Like they didn't really do a good job communicating with us. And all of a sudden they're like, you can go back inside. And and Megan, she just started crying really bad. And it was like, so, I mean, you know, you felt so bad because, I mean, imagine that. Imagine you are a woman living by yourself and all of a sudden you have to go back to that facility, to your house, knowing that that came from the house next door. Like, it is really scary. So, um, you know, so I stayed, well, like I was like, well, okay, I'll stay the night, but I got to go get my computer because I got to finish the podcast. So we, when I did yesterday's podcast, the opening, that was like really right there after all of that had happened. And, um, I slept on the couch, like just thinking like, if this happened again, I guess they have to get through me before they can get to her bedroom, you know? And, uh, I, uh, I did help myself to some extra cake during the night, uh, old habits die hard, you know, but anyways, but that's what happened. And we never really got the, the resolve. It's just, but like helicopters were involved. Police had drawn their firearms and it was scary as fuck. Like, I don't know if you guys are ever in that, like where everything's kind of like you're watching 90 day fiance, just thinking about your stupid podcast. And then all of a sudden people are talking about guns outside of a door that they're banging on. And all of a sudden you realize like how short life can possibly be. And it was really scary. Um, so that is what happened. And that kind of sobered up the birthday, uh, the birthday party right there. But it was a really great day other than that. But it was just so scary. And I know she's, I know she, uh, she's probably, I know she doesn't want to stay there any longer. And it's a really nice place. So it's like really, but it just, you realize after this year, just how many, 
how many, I don't know. I just worry about a lot of people. A lot of people seem like they're really close to having breakdowns or, uh, I mean, I don't know what that gentleman, what his real deal was and, and they never really told us. So it was just really scary. I know that sounded like a convoluted story, but I wanted to share it with you guys, uh, because I feel like if I don't share it with you guys, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I'm just an overshare. Um, let's see here, uh, before we get going, uh, cause we do have a great conversation, uh, I don't, I don't have anything to say except a couple of bits. Uh, Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Shores has posted on his Instagram. Tom, Tom is close to reopening. Um, so that is exciting. I'll let you guys know the date as soon as I know the date. And I think, uh, so bad. It's good news. The so bad. It's good news team will be there boots on the ground. So, uh, I'm very excited about all of that. Oh my God, you guys breaking news. Oh my God, it is being reported by various news outlets that Ramona Singer has shit in a bucket in Turks and Caicos on Housewives All-Stars. No, God, no. I'm just, I'm joking because we've gotten so many, (laughs) it's just getting out of control with the leaks from this set. I'm almost thinking there is no show, it's just one giant leak. Like, I don't even think, this might not even exist, you guys, and they just keep leaking information. If you guys don't know, I talked about it yesterday, they've started filming Housewives All-Stars, and they've had uh, photographs, video, uh, on-set reports. I mean, I don't think there's anything secret to this show. Um, We talk about that a little bit in this interview as well. Um, I'm going to just cut to this interview right now because it's a little over like an hour and 10 minute interview. So uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, Wednesday show is going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, weirdness. Yeah, that's it. Um, You guys, thank you so much for sticking with me. Um, And also, if there's ever anybody that you want me to talk to, Send them my way. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Uh, I'm trying to get to everybody. And I there's a couple people. If anybody has a connection with Heather Gay, Heather is aware of me. I She is on my bucket list. You can let her know. I will not ask her about Jen Shaw. Or I will uh, will will do a code word for Jen Shaw. But I just want to talk to her. Uh, she is one of my goals. And Leah McSweeney, of course. Uh, I don't know if you guys have listened since last uh, year when I fell in love with Leah McSweeney, and I would really love to talk to her about that and talk to her about my feelings for Lindsay Hubbard and Heather Gay uh, and see if that intimidates her at all as I am starting to fall in love with other people in the Bravo cinematic universe. So if anybody has connections with them, please reach out. Or my, wouldn't it be great if like 10,000 people just DM'd Leah tomorrow or DM'd Heather? Oh, man. That's that's really the dream. That's how Charles Manson did it. So <laughs> you, okay, that is that is wall to wall bad jokes. Um, you guys, our next guest, Mandy Slutsker, she is amazing. Please go check out her podcast. Is this real life? She's been doing it for three and a half years, and she is great. She is so fun to talk to. Um, such a good hearted, funny, kind person um, that has a real job and still finds the time to do this and talk to us and talk to all of these other people. And I think. Uh, you know, she's just a really good person. So I, I, I can't say enough good things about her. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Here she is, Mandy Slutsker. Love may wash away the blue. 
Welcome, you guys, to your Tuesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Um, I probably should just stop saying my name in the title. That's weird. <laughs> Anyways, uh, today is great. Uh, I keep saying this. Let me let me just break this down for you for a second, because I've been thinking about this this week, especially, is that I was like, there's so much discourse on all of these shows and all of, nah, not pop culture so much, but all of these shows. And I was like, you know, what what sets me apart or what sets the people I talk to apart or what, what, you know, why keep doing this? And, and my, my thought, I was thinking today, I was like, you know what it is? It's not, it's the thought that I get to talk to a really cool person each day that has, you know, great opinions and great thoughts that I probably did not think of. So at these end of these conversations, I'm always kind of like, if I was like down in my day earlier at the end of these conversations, I'm usually so energized and I'm like, hell yeah. Even if this wasn't released, I've had an experience. And this next person that I'm going to be talking to is kind of one of those exciting things where I'm like, I'm just excited to talk to this person regardless. I consider her a friend. Uh, and it's one of those things. It's like, I'm glad I have a podcast and so does she, and we get to talk to each other on those podcasts. And then we're both so busy that you don't get to talk a lot in between. So what I've also started to realize is now you're just listening to me talk with friends, which I think that's okay. I love being a fly on the wall sometimes. So I hope you guys enjoy that too, because I know we'll be talking about a lot of things that you guys love, but uh, she has a podcast herself. You know her, you love her. Her podcast is called, Is This Real Life? with Mandy Slutsker. Uh, you better go uh, subscribe to that right now and rate it five stars. It's the easiest, freest thing that you can do for any artist in the podcasting platform. But Mandy Slutsker, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan, and happy belated birthday. I've been waiting Please, to more, wish you more, one. More, <laughs> more, yeah. Well, I was, I gave a monologue right there, so you had to wait a, a bunch to get to that point. But how are you? Are you good? You're in Washington, D.C., correct? I am, and it, it's spring, and I am here for it. Things are starting to open up. I'm really enjoying kind of re-emerging. It's kind of a bizarre feeling. I don't, I, yeah, like I said, I've said many times, I'm not wanting to reemerge. I mean, I'm going to reemerge, but I didn't, I just wanted more heads up on the reemerging process. Like you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, you have two months to become a butterfly. You know, like I feel I'm still very much cocooned in my larva or whatever that, that, uh, you know, whatever you call that. I just, I'm reintroducing myself to jeans that I haven't seen in a while and to button up shirts and just, I'm so used to basketball shorts. I mean, I'm still wearing loungewear out most of the time. <laughs> I, I just so wish we could have, as like a nation said, like, like, and especially like for girl and guy dynamics, like I want people to be like, hey, 
you know, let's all take it easy on each other. Like maybe I'm not at my cutest that I could possibly be at, but remember we just went through quarantine. So look at me with quarantine eyes, you know? Totally. I think, I think we all need to give each other a lot of grace for having survived the last 14 months. It has not been easy. Mandy, I feel like we use that grace word all the time now. It's almost like, um, it's almost like normalized. Like, you know, but I always like, I, there are important times to use the word grace. And we see it with housewives all the time. And especially, I believe in the Atlanta reunion, which just aired last, I believe one of the ladies said something about, you know, well, we have to give it grace. You know, I think it was the Mm -hmm. Kenya, uh, Kenya Drew dynamic, I I believe. And I just, but you're right. We need to give grace with everything, like everything we need to give grace (laughs) to each other. People are just, they've kind of lost their minds. If you like, haven't noticed online, people have just gotten crazier and crazier and crazier. And it's not just housewives fans. It's anything someone posts something and people are like quote tweeting it and drawing more attention and writing really nasty things back. And everyone's like, so focused on like pandemic shaming each other and people are just have pent up anger, I think, and frustration. And they, yeah, it's palpable. Like it is like, I I went on a hike today in Los Angeles and there is this feeling of being out where you do pandemic shame in your head, you know, and I'm there with my mask on hiking, sweating, you know, and then you see the person where you're like, no, well, I guess, you know, I guess this person didn't feel the need to wear a mask. Like, you know, (laughs) I guess this person like has a pretty face and one, you know, like you do get that. And then the other, other thing, and I believe this is from being cooped up so long. My weird meter is completely off the charts where I used to, you know, back in year, year and a half ago in LA, I'd be like, I'd see weird stuff every day would not raise an alarm in me at all. And now I'm I, I'm out hiking and there's the, the the Joker running up the hill and he's like uh, uh, and he's like growling he's like growling I'm just like yo like I didn't say anything but in my head I was like could we maybe also like try not to act fucking weird outside for a while because I'm my alarm is then like why is this man growling you know right was it Jax no it was me right. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I get like, I just realized I'm so not used to being around people that when somebody does something a little off, I'm so tuned into it, you know? Definitely. We're just not used to being around like large groups of people or anyone. I would, I would go like periods in January where I didn't see anyone, you know? See, and I, I hear that now I'm like the good old days, right. the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, I'm excited to sort of start to reemerge, but yeah, it's I'm been rough seeing certain, everyone. Certain kind of. ways I'm excited. Like I'm, but then it's just like, I was thinking about like, oh man, I miss, I miss uh, going to a concert, which is like everybody misses going to concert, but I miss going to a concert and taking a Instagram video of the entire concert and posting it. Like I used to be the guy <laughs> where it was like, the person at home would be like, is this guy even enjoying the show or does he just want me to see he's at the show? I was that guy where I wanted you to see I was at the show, you know? Yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> you like, can go yeah. back to doing that soon. Maybe I should, maybe, but maybe this is the time where I need to give myself grace and say, and also just say, I, I'm growing past that. I want to be in the moment from here on out. It's hard to be in the moment when we've done screen time nonstop for 14 months. I mean, we're on our computers and on screens more than we've ever been on screens. We are not living in the moment. <laughs> no, I mean, I, and I, I guess what is really living in the moment anymore? You know, what is right? 
I mean, what like that actual, it will be interesting because you're right. Not even screen, you know, but also the screens of Bravo, the screens of like all of these TV shows that have now enveloped our actual human interaction. We put those in the TV. So our actual human interaction our act, like, I don't even know if I'll recognize a real moment in my own life because I'm so attuned to real moments on these reality shows, you know? Don't you find when you talk to people, you're like, oh, yeah. And then when Kenya and Drew, like as if they are <laughs> yeah. your friends, yeah, you know, yeah. and as if you were part of that moment. Well, uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> yesterday was it. my birthday and Sheena went into labor and I was just like, damn it. She's uh, the baby's going to take my birthday. And I was like sitting there personalizing it like, you know, and I'm like, well, it wasn't Jax's baby, at least like I was sitting there with myself talking about Vanderpump babies like they're part of my family that I don't get along with, you know? Right. And you're going to have to, you know, go up against baby Sheena on Instagram for followers. I will destroy that baby. <laughs> um, we, we still haven't gotten word though, if it was born, if, if she was born yesterday, right? Have we got, I word? haven't checked, but you know, so usually <laughs> first time labor can take some time. So well, also <laughs> we'll I feel like, feel like it's Sheena. We would know like, it would be like, you're oh, right. You're right. Like the but Sheena- maybe she's, you know what? Maybe she's living in the moment. Maybe she's giving herself grace, if you will. <laughs> um, I feel like there's like a Sheena bat signal that she just shines when, you know, she wants attention. It just sings good as gold. And there's like a big like uh, unicorn in the sky or something. Um, so Real Housewives of Atlanta, let's start there, I think. Actually, let's start with your podcast. You've been doing your podcast now for a couple years, correct? Yeah, it's been like three, almost three and a half. Well, why, and remind, why why did you start this? Because three and a half years ago, it was a different landscape in podcasts. I would imagine you were one of the first people talking about reality shows. I mean, I know, you know, there were others before you, but three and a half years ago, I mean, now we're just inundated with podcasts uh, and especially even about Bravo. Three and a half years ago, why did you do this? I just needed a creative outlet. I'm not necessarily an entirely creative person. You know, I have sort of the nine to five type job in Washington, D.C., and I was spending a lot of time and a lot of energy on my work. But, you know, it was kind of tough coming home and like you, your mind is still at work. And I just needed to do something different. And for me, Bravo has been sort of like a coping mechanism for life. <laughs> you know, I went through a really rough period about five and a half years ago where my apartment um, had a huge fire and I was displaced from my home. And then my mom died two weeks later. So it was like, mm-hmm such a rough time. And the only time I found myself like being able to zone out was when I was watching Bravo, specifically Vanderpump Rules, and then watch what happens live. Like that was my sweet spot. And I just started to like fall in love with it. I didn't watch every single show before that. And then I just kind of started because it was like, what else was, you know, I going to do? I was like thoroughly depressed. (laughs) I was like, well, at least I'm not doing drugs right now. So like, (laughs) okay. Sometimes (laughs) of like, we hear you're depressed. Welcome, you know? (laughs) Right. And I feel like so many people find these shows when they're at a low moment. And so, but it has brought so much fun, like being able to talk about the shows with other people. And I just thought, okay, let me try this out. And I was a guest on, I think, like the Pump Rules podcast, which was God knows, oh, back, really long wait, time wait, wait, ago. Wait, like the Laura Marie one with the. Uh, oh, it was like and... a period after that. Apparently, oh, it, it was so like it was Craig and Blythe. After, yeah, after Laura had split split up that podcast. Yeah, and I like did. I like still don't really know all those dynamics, but no, I, pod, you guys. Pod, 
listening, I know you guys listening, you guys are more into podcast drama than I am because sometimes I'm involved in podcast drama, but like, I love when you do hear about podcast drama, like listeners kind of dig it. Like, I feel like we should get into a fight at some time, even if we're not just to make it up, like make up (laughs) podcast drama, because I feel like it really does help the shows, you know? And there was definitely drama that I found out later and people were like, I can't believe you went on. And like, they oh, were no, like, you know, like, Laura fans. And I was like, no, she's great. I like, hey, I don't know who these people are. It's <laughs> like uh, the West Side Story. There's like two sides of the the street, you know, like, which which side are you on? And it's like, this is Vanderpump Rules. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> I know. And that's why I met Deanna, a spear through that. And so, oh, I, yeah, I keep meaning to have her on too. Yeah. She's awesome. And so I just, I don't know. I just like, threw everything at the wall and was like, let me start this random podcast. And it took a really long time to get like, you dove in and you were awesome from the beginning. I, I was not so awesome. My like audio sucked. I didn't have like that many, I I just wasn't able to like pinpoint what I wanted to talk about at first. I talked about like bachelor and Bravo. And eventually I like, you know, really focused on just me and housewives. So the evolving though, because I was listening to one of your podcasts last week and it's so smooth. It's like, it's like a great conversation. Like that is, you, you know, there's an actual conversation happening and not, I mean, I feel like I can be like a blunt object where I'm just like smashing the microphone with like no. really weird thoughts. No, no. I mean, I, I really, but I'm saying what I was, what I found night, what I was like, oh, this is really, this is nice. You know, it's like, this is great conversation with great people. And I think that is the other cool thing that I've learned is that there is a community of people um, that you meet doing this where you're like, wow, I would not actually have these people in my life without podcasting, you know? And people are great. Like, like I, you just said you, you met, uh, met Taria uh, in real what life. What else is going on? You yeah. met her in real life. Was that horribly disappointed? Did you have to close your eyes and just listen to the voice? Uh, <laughs> no, so she's, she was amazing. But she said, she's like, you know, I was listening to your podcast on the way driving here. <laughs> it's like so strange. And then I got in her car later and she was listening. She was playing on my podcast while I was in the car. I was like, I can't listen to my own voice. Please stop. Oh, well, that's right. Somebody, (laughs) cause I, I really am doing the Buca de Beppo meetup and we're, you know, I I have to pick out a date, but I'll give people like a couple months in advance notice, but somebody had said, Oh, I I really want to go to that when you're there, but I'm shy. And I go, listen, like I totally get shy and I come off as a loud mouth on here, but I'm telling you, my big fear is like, if you meet me in person, there's no mat. Like I will fail you, you know, like this is one thing and I can control this, but I, I want to meet everybody, but then I get scared. I'm like, you will be horribly disappointed and I will lose all of my listeners. Like it'll go away like that. If you meet me, I feel like sometimes like, well, then the magic is gone. Like, I feel like you'll meet me and I'll just be like, can I do something for you? Can I give you money? Like, can you you just promise to keep liking me? You know, you're such a performer though. And so it must be like difficult when you're in a situation where it's you're no, no, I do not think you're a fake at all. I think you are. Like you're, you're a performer, you're an entertainer. I am definitely not. So I'm just like having a conversation and the people that want to listen to that conversation, like that's my podcast. I've also had people say that they listen to me before they fall asleep because I have a calming voice, well, I've which had a I couple of those. wasn't sure if that was something that I should 
be offended by. But, you know, it's it's more just a way to engage a sort of creative side of my brain. I would have never learned how to like cut audio or splice things or work on, you know, sound or tech or any of that stuff. And I don't know. It's been fun. Yeah, it does push you. I mean, this is I guess this is my outward bounds. Like this is pushing me to be a better, you know, like it does teach you things. It is funny, though. Like I can put out a daily podcast barely, but everything else in my life is in shambles. You know, like this is the one thing, but like, if you look like I need to do laundry, there's some cups in my room. I need to take downstairs to want like, you know, like these basic things you're like, I can do this and I can do it well, I think, or like learn to do it well. But the other things I've got to remember, of course, to give myself grace, but then to do those things, you know? Yeah. But what's crazy is that I will get my podcast out every single Sunday and like other things in my life will be completely in ruins. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and it's, it's like, well, at least I've done this, you know, <laughs> or like people <laughs> pe- like real, your real life, like re- people that are really in your life and have been in your life before the podcast will text you and you'll be like, you don't want it, but you'll be like, I just talked for an hour and a half on the podcast. Can't you just listen to that? Like, it's like the same thing. Like, you're not going to like, it's the same thing. Like, I I always feel like, what am I going to give you in a text right now that you cannot get from my podcast? Like, well, I have a question for you. Have you had any sort of run-ins in real life with listeners that recognize you? Um, I had one in Arizona that like totally wigged me out because this, it was like, it was right before COVID actually, right? Like February, like, and somebody recognized my voice at, we were at a uh, spring training baseball game. And so I was bored as hell cause I hate sports and we were, so I was drinking, which is something I do well. And she goes, right. Or, you know, Ryan Bailey. And I was like, yeah. And then, and it wasn't even my podcast. She had, no, she from, it was from Laura Marie, if it was from sexy unique podcast. And she's like, Oh my God, I know your voice. You're sexy unique podcast. And I was like, yeah. And it was, I got to tell you, it was the coolest thing that I'd ever had happen. I, it was, I literally was like, can I buy you a drink? I was so excited. <laughs> I was, right? I, I was so excited. And I think that would be, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if it happens a lot to people that got like for like actual, like actors and stars, it, but it, it it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean, in fact, I was just reading a couple like DMs from people that had writ- written some really nice things on my birthday that I was like, I'm trying to get around to. I'm like, holy shit, this person just wrote a paragraph. Like the amount that touches me and also scares me because you d- you want to not disappoint that person, yeah. you know, but at the same time, you're like, that's just nothing is better than that. You know, like that's just incredible, you know, because if these people know the actual struggle, not even the podcast, but just struggle of like actually living your life, it's just really nice. Like I can't even pretend that it, it I don't know. I love it. I love that. You know? Have yeah. You? Um. So yeah, the, it wasn't, they recognized me. What happened was, so my dad uh, moved in with his now wife. Uh, he got married. Oh, and by summer. the way, your dad is on the podcast. Your dad is uh, on the podcast. He is something else. I mean, my dad and stepmom are no Bill and Becky Bailey, but they are pretty hilarious in their own right. My dad is from Moscow, Russia. And so his accent is just, it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, moved into this uh, in, um, with Joyce, my stepmom, and their neighbor got his mail 
and their neighbor's daughter recognized the last name Slutsker and like was like, wait, I think I think I listened to a podcast with like their daughter. Yeah. And when when then when she returned the mail, she told my stepmom, like, are you related to Mandy? And she's like, yeah, that's my like future stepdaughter. And she's like, yeah, I listened to her podcast. That's so crazy. And she's like, well, she's coming in a few weeks. You should meet her and stuff. <laughs> and so we actually met up and it was really cool. But my of course, my stepmom calls me and she says, so our our neighbor listens to your blog. <laughs> oh my god my mom that's that was uh because my my parents are retired and they live not in a retirement community but there's a lot of retirees that live in their neighborhood and they're all friends and i'm sure they all have orgies or whatever old people do but oh they um, definitely do and uh i mean uh, you know they're safe they wear masks and stuff but um (laughs) uh she was telling me that one of her girlfriends you know that they're in the 70s listens to my podcast and like those are the times when you're like no 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 don't do do that because my parents maybe will listen here and there and there's no part of me that wants to think about becky listening my mom listening sometimes and then to think of one of her friends i'm just like I just always want to meet that friend and be like, if you get me in trouble, I swear to God, I will, you know, like this will not end well for you, lady, you know? <laughs> um, so we are loving the podcast life. We are living for it. You actually do a real job though. And I, I just, I can't imagine. And you're, you're, are we allowed to say what you do? Are we allowed? Yeah. I won't say where I work, um, just because I don't think I've gotten approval to do that. But yeah, I work for um, a large organization where I advocate on global child health issues to Congress and the administration, whichever administration is in power. So I basically try and uh, make sure that children are really thought of in our foreign aid and advocate for increased funding for like global childhood immunizations and um, you know, early learning opportunities for children and maternal child health so that kids are able to like survive and thrive in all of these programs. So that's really what I do during the day. Loser, loser, <laughs> boring, boring. Oh my it's, God. How do you see that's real shit, you guys? Like, this is like, that's a real, like, why? That's what shocks me is that you have a real career, a real job. You're actually making a huge difference in the world. And that's where I'm like, why, like I, when I used to be, when I used to go to acting school, I would be like, I would see actors that had like booked work that like were on TV shows and they would still be in class. And I'm like, why you got jobs already. You're you don't need to keep learning. Like, I feel like, why would you even want to do a podcast? You already do. Like, I mean, it's, that's so amazing, but like, that must be so intense. Um, it, I mean, it is and it isn't. It was way more intense, I think, in a really negative way during the last administration um, for a lot of reasons. Not and so aware of what you're speaking That of. is kind of actually what got me to focus on doing a podcast because I really needed like time away from he who shall not be named. <laughs> well, am I was, allowed to ask? I mean, I know this isn't yeah. really a political thing, but like, is it, have you noticed a difference in the oh last my God. days? Or I mean, and, I'm not, and I don't mean, and I don't mean just in you, like I'm happier. I mean, have you noticed a difference in the way government is being run uh, on a day-to-day basis that you live, you know? Yes. 
very much so, um, both in the area that I work on and then the area that my organization works on, which is just children in general and the the health of children. And so um, there's just just the people who are in um, different who are in like positions of power in the government are all people who have a lot of experience and like are, you know, they're doing the right things and they're meeting with the right people and they're implementing the right policies. And of course, nothing, not everything's perfect, but in just a hundred days, I've noticed such a shift in just absolutely everything. And it impacts things on the Hill too, because you're, it's just a little bit less intense in, in a, in a neck, like, I don't know how to explain it and I don't want to get too political, but it's a lot easier to work with the Republicans on the Hill right now on these issues that I work on, which are really bipartisan. You don't need to be a Democrat to care about children. No, surviving. I, mean, by the way, <laughs> like, I mean, that is the kind of like, right? thing that I love that. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know any Republicans that hate kids, you know? Right. Like, I mean, exactly. Like, <laughs> that is and, a pretty universal love. And there are some that are absolutely fantastic advocates. You know, um, the head of the house foreign affairs committee is a huge advocate on childhood cancer issues. Um, and he does incredible work and works with us and is great. And, but you know, there's always this like, difficulty when you have someone in the White House who's just taking, they suck all the oxygen out of the room and all of the attention is on them and on all these other things and not on getting the basics done, passing a budget, making sure, you know, (laughs) the laws pass, you know, getting things in and out of committee. It's just, it's difficult. So I just started feeling really crappy about the state of the world. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) I need to like do something else and I need (laughs) to like put my energy somewhere else. So I'm a big, um, I'm not a big proponent. I, I love when I feel hope, you know, like, uh, personally, not even, um, and there wasn't a lot of that to be going around this past year. And, it's still like, I still am in a kind of a scary, like I always, I think I even ask people, I'm like, is it all right? Can we have hope? Like, can we have hope yet? Like I always ask people like, do you have hope? Yeah. Like, do is it cool to have hope? And there's been moments where I've had hope, but then I get, you know, there's just so many crazy things that happen in the world and you, you know, there is so much pain. And I think the media, you know, we're a 24 seven news cycle now. So it's right. always in your face. And I think that's the hard thing. I just celebrated my birthday. That's the hard thing about getting older, that and your body falling apart is, <laughs> yeah. is that, you know, like sometimes you're just so now it's been multiple, multiple years of watching people go through so much pain that it sometimes can like wear on your soul a little bit, you know? Right. Definitely. I think what's been hard with COVID is we've all been focused on the negative and we've been focused on this horrible pandemic. You know, it's it's really awful. It's not just impacted us. It's the whole world. What's happening in India right now is absolutely horrifying. I was listening to that today to with them, you know, like begging pretty much to help, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we're doing some, I think we could be doing a lot more, but what I like to take a step back from is think about all the progress we've made at least in in my field, which is like global child health and and just global health in general. So thinking back to, you know, um, the mid nineties, there was no treatment for HIV. People who had HIV died and, and children too. Right. And then there was, you know, antiretroviral drugs that were discovered and there was a lot of effort made to make sure that it wasn't just wealthy people that were able to access them in the U.S. and Europe, but people all over the world. And now there are 26 million people 
who live and take daily antiretroviral medication. And those people are alive today because of, you know, our generosity and because of the advocacy that had been done. And it's just, I mean, it's mind blowing. It's no longer a death sentence. I was watching, I gosh, I was watching recently, maybe it was a documentary on the Reagans on Showtime. They had a four part documentary, but it was talking about the AIDS crisis. And, you know, really that was a death sentence. And for the gay community, I mean, that really was considered a gay disease. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, God was being thrown around in it as a, you know, a disease from God to destroy homosexuals and just this horrifying uh, language uh, being thrown around. And I was also alive when, you know, Tom Hanks had won the Oscar for Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and the AIDS remedy. I don't know. A lot of you guys are young, so not, but the AIDS, the red ribbon, that's what we would see at the Oscars all the time was everybody was wearing the red ribbon in terms of, of AIDS. You know, you had the Elton John uh, fundraisers each year for AIDS. Elizabeth Taylor did uh, amazing work uh, on behalf of AIDS. And now it really is. It's like when I, I remember that it was a death sentence, like even yeah. in terms of reality shows. Uh, Pedro from Real Housewives of yep. San Francisco is the first uh, person that was living with HIV on a reality show, and he died from that disease. And it was very, very powerful. Uh, Bill Clinton, even who was president at the time, made statements uh, among you know when Pedro passed away. And it's a very powerful thing. But you're right, like we did. That is that is not what it was. That is right. something that is completely different. It is not a death sentence at all anymore. And it is not a, you know, and also it was not a gay disease. It was not, you know, every, all those things were corrected, you know? Yeah. A lot of the stigma, um, I mean, there's still a stigma, right? And there's still people dying from HIV, but it's not the way it used to be. And I... I used to travel a lot for my like old job where I did all this like other global health work. And I, I remember being and visiting um, a colleague in Zambia and he was telling me that now, you know, it used to be during the early two thousands, he would go home to his village. And if he didn't see someone, he never asked where they were because it meant they were dead. But now because of all of this access to the new drugs and everything, when he goes home and someone's missing, he's like, Oh, where are they? Oh, they're visiting their mom. Oh, they went to the city. Oh, they're on vacation. Yeah, You know? And so it's like that. I mean, there are coffin manufacturers that went out of business in Africa, like in areas in sub-Saharan Africa because, and, and they were glad to, you know? Well, I was always, I was always, I, I'm worried about the flag manufacturers. Uh, it seemed like there were so many Donald Trump flags that I always worry about. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> is the flag business out of business or is this, I mean, I'm sure he's going to run in 2024. So the flags will be all right. But I do wonder about those things where you're like, you know, uh, even a, not even in politics, but anything like these things that like start banking, or we saw that with COVID people selling, you know, homemade COVID, uh, you know, cures. And, and in fact, I was just reading about these three, these two brothers and a father that had pretty much sold bleach and made like $500,000 off it. And they're being now sued by the government because they're pretty much selling bleach to unsuspecting old people, you know, Oh my um, gosh! before we get into Bravo, uh, the other thing that I, is I found interesting. We talked about this briefly last time, but the, I just, cause I watched the six part documentary. Did you watch the QAnon doc on HBO? I have not. I'm a little afraid. It to. Is. <laughs> well, what I find you have to keep reminding yourself how scary it got because you guys, that kind of led one of the, the major lead to the, the storming of the Capitol. That was a huge part yes. of it was the QAnon uh, debate, which is a, uh, 
you know, a conspiracy theory group, uh, but but something that has gained great traction. But it was a six part documentary called Into the Into the Storm, I think. Yeah. And it breaks it down. So, you know, it, it, it starts to make it its own reality show. They end up following a brother and a son and this, this gentleman, um, I forgot his name, who was in a wheelchair, who kind of created this website, 8chan, where, uh, you know, Q, quote unquote, uh, he gives all of his communication through their website. Uh, and by the end of the documentary, the one kid slips up and you find out that him and his dad are Q, um, which was always highly rumored. and. Uh, it is so interesting though to me because I'm like they got this on camera, and it's not even that been that heavily publicized. I'm like people want to believe in the crazy shit because I was even they thinking do. that's how I tie it into Bravo is that like we want to believe the crazy rumors. We want to believe that Ramona is at Housewives All Stars right now shitting on Luann's bed. Like we would love <laughs> to believe that rumor. Yes. And here's the thing out of here saying like, well, this is how this actually started. You guys, these are people, there's like money behind it. And this is, you know, but we want to believe, we want to believe in the craziest and the worst of everything. And that to me is such, that's when I started, I was like, this is like a reality show. Anything can be a reality show because everything is so fantastical nowadays, you know? I know. It's so interesting. I've also been really interested in the intersection between QAnon and Housewives uh-huh. and like which folks on Housewives are like really into it, which ones are kind of well, on like- Soggy Flicker, um, Soggy Flicker. Uh, I think Emily Simpson is the worst. And also I heard Monique from Potomac. Yes, but I feel like there's a little bit of a difference where Monique kind of like dabbled in it. I don't think she made the connections that like some of the things that she was saying were QAnon conspiracy theories, like stuff about Wayfair, you know. But But Emily is? Emily Simpson? She acts Um, like she's, I mean, I I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Gretchen from OC is too. I mean, Emily is, right, she's a smart woman. She's an attorney, all this stuff. She acts like a certain way to get, you know, I think people to like her on the show. And then she has these absolutely bonkers views and the people that she follows, like she's followed people on Instagram that have been kicked off Instagram. Do you know how hard it is to get kicked off Instagram and Twitter and YouTube? Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm trying and and it's not happened yet, but I mean, that's... uh... Yeah, I mean, I've heard that about Emily, but it's also one of those things. I don't know. I was talking, you know, also I was thinking about those accounts that do like I've been talking about recently. They they, they do the big deep dives and stuff. Yeah. And I really I can't personally do that. That's not my how my mind works. But I really appreciate the people that do that. But like sometimes I'm like, okay, well. I'll learn that from you. Or sometimes you're like, I wish I didn't know this. I wish I didn't know this. I wish I didn't know this because I really (laughs) liked Emily and I thought she was so likable. And the thing is, is I don't care who the housewives like vote for, right? Like people can have their own political views. And I usually try not to like wrap any of that stuff in with like what makes them a good housewife. But when it gets to like the QAnon stuff and the storming of the Capitol and violence, that's when it's like harder for me to separate. Or if yes. they're anti-vaxxer and we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're trying to vaccinate our way out of it. Like, could you not, please? Yeah, it's it, it, that's the part where I'm like, I I, I miss rea- I like I miss reality shows being the only crazy game in town and right? it being about the interpersonal fights between women or women and their husbands or men being doofuses. And I love those things that highlight reality shows or The Bachelor or anything like that. And it is weird. We just 
we've become, and I, I know you guys, you guys are like, oh, he's getting too deep, but we have become the society where the line between real life and reality shows are so blurred right now where, yeah, I would not be surprised if Kim Kardashian, I mean, Caitlin's running for governor of California right now. Oh, man. Yeah. Is this, <laughs> is this real life? Exactly. Is this real life with Mandy Slutsker? Um, so uh, let's bring it a little bit more to Bravo now and less, <laughs> less QAnon. Uh, <laughs> even though it is fascinating, you guys, you should look in, look into it. But unless you're, unless you're, um, you know, gullible and you might believe that stuff, don't look into it. Um, but except for that, the, the adenochrome with the kids and the blood. The, anyways, it's just crazy. Atlanta, what did you think about the first part of the reunion last night? I enjoyed it, but I'm shocked at how I've turned on Drew. I really think I liked her in the beginning. I don't know why. I thought it was because I saw her vibe with the women in a way that felt more natural. And by the end of that, I was like, oh, no, girl. <laughs> what is it? Because. Because you're dead on right. Like, I really was a big fan of Drew. I wasn't a big fan of her husband, Ralph. And I still really, I don't think I am a big fan of Ralph uh, from what I've seen. Um, But yeah, like, is it because, like, even she didn't drop the thing with the prophet, you know, when she accused Toya of hooking up with the prophet with, it might have happened, but she just wouldn't let it die. So it was a big flop for the season finale of the show. And then in the first part of the reunion, she went at Kenya and she went at Toya. And I think there's a really delicate balance for a first season housewife. Uh, We've seen it differently than, you know, like in the past first season housewives have not been given tons to do, you know, Mm -hmm. but then in this past year, and I think maybe it's, I don't know, just because of the weird year, we had Leah McSweeney, Tiffany Moon, uh, and, and Drew Sedora from Atlanta. And they've been giving huge plot lines they've almost been given the show they're like it sometimes feels like these shows are based around these ladies where in the past it would just be like oh they're participating in some fights here and there and they're like a nice little flavor but yeah like drew it feels like they're making the show about drew sometimes Definitely. And I mean, I'm not saying I don't want her back. That's the thing is I can like not like someone during a few scenes or a few moments, but I like the whole dynamic, right? I don't want her to just, you know, (laughs) you know, not like, you know, but it was just interesting to see one, like her internalized misogyny. She is so misogynistic to blame Latoya for that relationship, you know, and and then I don't know, I just something just felt inauthentic about her the last few episodes of the season. And then at the reunion, it was like, she was playing a character rather than like, not as much as a Jen Shaw playing a character, but there was just something that felt inauthentic and say what you want about Kenya. She has always been authentic. Yeah. Well, I mean, speak more about that. Actually speak more about uh, Kenya always being, why do you think Kenya more has always been authentic? I don't know. I just feel like she, she's not trying to be liked. And maybe that's what I find authentic because so almost all of the housewives, I think really want to be liked by the fan base. And they do things. I think sometimes that they think will get them, you know, likes or, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, but for whatever reason, she doesn't seem to care if people hate her. 
And I find that amazing and powerful because I wish I had that. Like, I'm always worried what people think about me or I leave a social situation. I'm like, oh, should I have said that? Should I have said that a different way? Should I have not spoken? You know, I'm like constantly like, does not worry. Most of the housewives don't worry, but she doesn't even seem to worry about how she's portrayed on the show. And I'm impressed with that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, no, definitely. I I think that is a really kind of impressive trait to have. But at the same time, Kenya can still wear on my last nerve. Oh, sometimes I'm like, you don't get like, and sometimes you just, I mean, maybe in life, maybe it's like, sometimes you just want a person to just give up. Like, please just let it die. Let the mouse go. Let it die. Please stop defending yourself. Like these people will defend themselves within an inch of their life. And you're like the tenacity of a Kenya Moore can power a small town with electricity. Like she just doesn't give up ever. I know. But then what's been interesting about this season of Atlanta, and especially the last few weeks, is so much stuff has come out kind of outside of the what was shown on the show. And it does provide some context for why Kenya was so upset about certain things or why she didn't let go of the Bolo situation. I was just like, come on. Is this like another well, wait, Denise Richards? What, what do you mean? So she was basically saying that Portia had threatened to sue her. And that was what pissed her off. And she was for, for saying, you know, that Portia hooked up with Bolo and she Portia was like, threatened How? to sue Kenya. Yes. And like, that is what set her off and set her sort of on a, I guess, a quest to prove that that actually happened and you can't sue me. It's not slander. I have proof. And I still think she should have let it go. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, we don't need to like harp on this. But it gave some context. And then also there was a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes between Candy and Portia with regards to uh, dealing with the network around Black Lives Matter and some things. Okay, that Candy, I heard this part. Yeah. yeah, had asked for the network. And I truly would have loved to see that argument, mainly because I think it was just an argument over like a nuanced conversation about tactics. Right. Like, yeah, Candy went to the executives and Porsche's like, we should have gone as a group. And then Candy's like, but I'm telling you now and now we can go as a group. And Porsche's like, well, we should have gone as a group from the beginning, you know, and I think it's also there. Yeah, of course, there's ego in there and all of that. And Porsche really didn't want it to be shown because she thought it would make a mockery of, of Black Lives Matter and the movement. But the truth is that any movement, you have people who want to try to do things in different ways. You know, if they want to, um, you know different kinds of advocacy, inside advocacy, outside advocacy. There are people who march in the streets. There are people who show up to board meetings, you know, and I just would love to see that because I feel like that was actually a real thing that they had a lot of passion behind. And a lot of what we were seeing unfold on the show, I felt like they weren't very passionate about. So it's like, I want to see Portia be passionate and frustrated with Candy and it's okay, you know? I felt like that, you know, I like that as a whole, you're, I, I don't feel like the cast gelled and they were not passionate with each other. Whereas I, I think then you have the example of Potomac where I'm like, these ladies are firing on all cylinders. You might not like Candace. You might not like Monique, you know, but everybody's trying, everybody is in these conversations. Everybody is trying. And uh, you know, we, even last night at the reunion, we had Portia, you know, cause Kenya brought up, you know, Portia not knowing about the underground railroad and the second season and that whole thing. And, and, you know, and, and Portia made also the, you know, correct statement of like, you, you know, you do have to give somebody grace 
and the ability to learn over the years, you know, like we are not, we don't come out of the womb, complete people with all of our judgments, all of our belief systems. You have to let room for people to change and grow. And, you know, I guess the same with Kenya, because that was brought up in the sense of Kenya dressed up as a a native American. um, And she was talking about uh, the blowback she received from that, or as she said, the, the vitriol that she received from that, but then again, she was defending herself greatly, and she said she talked to. And but then today, Kenya posted a picture of Drew in Native American garb at a Halloween party, and was like, "Look at you! You're gonna come at me, Drew!" And da da da. And it's like these girls. I will say this: they never help each other out for the most part. Like they, and there's no off season in housewives anymore. There is no You're off right. Season. There's none. I wish she hadn't done that. I felt like at least she handled the situation well by not defending herself so much and actually saying I was wrong and this is why I was wrong. But when she started going after the other, you know, women for having done similar things, like that doesn't make you look better. Right. So it's just frustrating. Um, so I talk about this a lot with guests and I want to know your opinion is that we've kind of like talked about the reunion and all that stuff, but we've also talked a lot about what they've said away from the reunion or on social media or something like that. What is your opinion where it's like the show behind the show is now more entertaining than the show? Like what is your, I mean, should they even be allowed to tweet and post anything anymore? I don't know. That's a tough one. I actually like when the show, I'm like, get it all on the show then, right? Get their tweets on the show, get the arguments from Twitter on the show. What I loved about Summer House was that they brought in podcast drama and they actually showed it on the show. And that I think then you can actually talk about it, right? And then it's going to come up at the reunion. So it's like, let's put all of it on the show. Let's not cut pieces because eventually if it's the juiciest thing or it's the thing that has the most traction, it's going to get talked about whether or not it was shown on the franchise or not. I mean, that's what I begged Lindsay from Summer House last week. I was I like, know. please <laughs> say something bad so I can be on the show. Like I would be, that would be like my life's work. If I could be like, you said on Ryan Bailey's podcast that I smelled weird. And I'd be like, yes, you know, um, I was so jealous of that the first episode of this past season when that happened. And yeah, the reunion looks like a lot of podcast drama gets brought up in it. Cause I'm like, it's like, this is starting to feel like inception or something. You're like, Oh my God. Like this is like the big bang theory. The world's just going to explode because we're getting too close (laughs) to the show. You know, Um, did you hear, I, uh, I believe Steve faces by Bravo said this, or maybe Dave Quinn, uh, was that they have a uh, clause called the Kelly clause now because of Kelly Dodd, where they get fined if they tweet too much crap. Oh my, I've not heard that, but that is the Kelly clause because of Kelly Dodd. So supposedly, so I find that interesting too, of like, it's almost like a swear jar for housewives and you have to put money in if you're going to talk shit. But I, if that is true, some of these ladies do not care because they keep talking shit. Like, I want to know how housewives have paid in the swear jar. I mean, I'm thinking of Candace from Potomac and like how ruthless I mean, she is on Twitter. I mean, I maybe that's why she like couldn't get a house for a while. <laughs> Like all that money going in, you know, it's like, come on, girl, you're saving for a down payment. (laughs) 
it's so funny because there is a line, right? Like when Marge tweets about Jennifer and Jennifer tweets about Marge, they go right up to that line and it feels like, ooh, but then they don't cross, they don't, they don't cross it or they don't go beyond, right? They like let that Twitter fight lie. And something about Kelly Dodd and the Candaces and the others is they just keep going and going and going. And it kind of takes away from the episode itself and it all becomes about the Twitter fight. So I could see how how Bravo wouldn't wouldn't want that. No, I, I, I mean, I don't know if I want it either, but then I keep like I'm so confused on this and I don't know my actual real thoughts because you were talking about Marge, like going up to the line and then they don't cross the line. But are we so used to people that cross the line? So that's the only true entertainment for us now is when things go to a point of, uh, you know, uh, Candace's head getting slammed against a wine, uh, you know, at the the winery on the, the you know what I'm saying? Like, is that the is, is it when Jackie tells Teresa that Gia might have done coke? Like, do we only now get titillated when it crosses that line? And do we need the constant Twitter interaction, even though we complain about it? Like, I always think about the. Jack Nicholson uh, monologue from a few good men where he's like, you want me on that line. You need me on that line. Cause deep down you can't be the bad guy and you know, you need me to, you know, like I think about we, we, we pretend or we think we're offended, but then at the same time, it's good for these shows in some way. Like I'm so confused about my thoughts on this. I'm confused about my thoughts too. Cause I was talking to Jeff Epstein and he was saying, you know, Social media killed pop culture. And now we get to see too oh, much. Yeah, he into tweeted these that people. today, actually. And and he's, you know, saying that we see too much into their lives. We don't get it through that paparazzi lens. There's no more, you know, guessing of what people are like. They pick and choose what they show us. And and I kind of started to feel that about housewives. I feel like so many things get spoiled before a season even starts. And that's an area that I'm starting to be like, oh, I don't really want to be spoiled about this. I'd rather just not know, you know? So, but yeah, you're right. I think when, I think we need volatile personalities, but I would rather watch them be volatile on my screen rather than try to follow all of the little beefs that they have on social media. Yeah. I, I mean, I just get, the more we get into this, I'm just like, how do we, how do we keep the, I mean, like, how do you keep the show being the most important thing revolving around these people? Like, I always feel like the show wins. And that's why with Summer House, I get upset with Hannah uh, and maybe not for the reasons everybody else does, but I get upset because it's like, no, the Summer House always wins. You have to be friends with everybody in the Summer House eventually. Eventually, you, everybody has to make up because we all want people to be friends in the end. Like I sometimes get like, and like Hannah seems to be on an Island that she has put herself on, not that people have put her on. And that's a very different point. You guys, it's very like, it's not Hannah is doing this to herself at this point, but I also feel like then I don't, you know, I don't want you there because the show always wins. You got to do what's best for the show. And that's why even if Kyle, you know, Kyle can be a doofus and he can pee all over the backyard of the summer house. And, you know, he's potentially cheated on Amanda in the past, which is horrible. At least the guy knows, though. No, I'm here to party with my friends. Let's all be friends. The summer house. Like, I love people with that energy and that attitude of wanting these shows to succeed. 
right? Well, think of, you know, season three <laughs> of Summer House where Kyle and Lindsay were not on good terms because Lindsay was really good friends with yes. you know, the work as twins and Steven and all of them. And Kyle ended up sending that crazy 17 page email. And yet they both, because they care about the show and probably because they care about each other as friends, were able to move past it and actually make the show better. And that's what we want, right? And I think Deandra's like that on Dallas, where I think she cares about actually the show itself. And and we need more people like that. Yeah. I, I just find it like, what in terms of Summer House, what was your opinion of the Hannah, Luke, Des storyline? And, you know, we had the season finale of Summer House this past Thursday. And, I, you know, I, I was very sad. I rewatched it again today to take notes on it. And... You know, it just, it felt me, you know, it was just so funny is that it's easier for me to believe Luke is a doofus than Luke is some master manipulator. And just in the scenes of, I love fires. This is like a good fire. And I'm, I'm with all my people. And like, he literally said a couple times, and we're around a fire. I love fires. Like he, you know, he's like all my best friends here in the weekend and we're just drinking and everybody's here. And there's a fire that I made. Like he kept saying fire where I was like, this, is he all right? Like, he's like, just like shiny. It's so shiny and bright. Um, what, what is your thoughts on how it all ended in that whole situation with Hannah? So I am very firmly on the side of Luke with this. Okay. And I, I don't know how much it has because to do with Because of his fact. looks. No, he's from Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota. I feel like so much of the stuff that like he does is like <laughs> deeply rooted in his past and like where he grew up and everything. And I feel like the anger that they have towards him isn't just things that he's done, but things any guy has like wronged them for that anger they're taking out on him. And I just don't think it makes sense. And I don't think he did all the things that they're like putting in their heads. So with Sierra getting pissed off, I don't think it's things Luke actually did to Sierra. I think she's maybe mad at things she think he did to Hannah or things that other men have done to her. I mean, her being so upset about him texting after 9 PM, someone else texted her after 9 PM and greatly bothered her. So then when he did it, then she's like taking it out on him. I, I feel like Hannah used Luke for a storyline and she, he just wasn't as into the reality TV space and didn't really know what happens between one season and the next and how it was going to all be different. And he had this, he was on um, Chanel in the city and he actually talks about how they didn't talk that often him and Hannah, but when they did every time she took a screenshot of when they were FaceTiming and then she would put it on her Instagram. So she was like cultivating this like idea that they were in potentially in a relationship in the months leading up to them filming so that she could kind of go in and they wouldn't talk that often. And I don't know. I just feel like Hannah well, tried to concoct a storyline. You, you know, to like you, but then I think it was being complete. So I'm up to a lot of that, you know, like Luke, I feel like caught up to that while the show was on. Yes. Oh, did I lose you? Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but like, I feel like, like Luke, cause I talked to Luke right when some of that stuff was going down and I think he was still kind of confused on what was like, Oh, well, I love her and da, 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 you know? And then I think like two episodes later, he was like, 
oh, I'm getting fucked. Like, she's making me out to be a real asshole, you know? Yeah, I just don't think he has it in him to be the kind of jerk. And I also think that, like, this is maybe not very, like, pro-women of me or whatever, but it does take two people to be in a messed up relationship. And if she kept, you know, going to him, even though he was telling her he didn't want a relationship, then, like, how much is that on her? I don't know. I don't know. But that's what it's one of those really it's one of those really great reality show questions, though, because it really does get into the minutia of male female dynamics and what's acceptable and what like even that, like you said, that 9 p.m. Sierra rule. I was like, no, I was like checking my phone. I was like, fuck, I texted that girl after nine. I texted that. girl, And none of them were meant to be weird. But I'm like, do I need to send out apology texts after before 9 p.m.? Because I was like, no, that's a specific rule. I like I was like, that's a specific rule. I was like, I all of a sudden thought that was an actual law or something. I was like, no way. Yeah, it's just interesting what they, um, you know, picked up on. And I think Lindsay said on your podcast that like it's different times in different, you know, cities. So like in New York City, you got to give people until mid- midnight after midnight. It's a booty <laughs> call. But before then, you know, you've got some a grace period. <laughs> have you? So <laughs> and I think but also I was like, you know, for the most part, if Luke texts a girl, that girl's damn pretty happy that Luke's texting her. Like for the most, like he's a very, he's a modely dude. Like most of the time, I don't think Luke has usually bumped into a lot of blowback with people not wanting to talk to him, you know? Right. And I, I do think that there was probably a discrepancy last season between what he was saying to Hannah and what his actions were. He was kind of acting towards her as if he really liked her and wanted to date her. But then he was saying, oh, no, 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 I don't actually want a relationship. And so I'm sure that that was confusing. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think the the level of hate that she had towards him. I mean, she blocked him. She was saying on Watch One. What Happens Live that she blocked Luke and that she doesn't let Des watch the show. Uh, I That's ugh. I'm so I, I well, and then, do we want Hannah back? Do we want Hannah back in a new season? Maybe I'm, I don't like to like write people off. I would actually like to have is like, maybe if she has relationships with them, right. If she only is friends with Paige, then no, but if she has friendships with other people in the cast, or if there's a possibility of redemption or of her trying to be friends with Amanda again, you know, maybe, but I don't know. She wasn't as entertaining for me to watch. It was just like her being you know, you know, I actually saw her right before, um, she, you know, every the world shut down. She came to DC and did stand up. Oh, I and I saw her do stand up before. How was it? Didn't and, you ask a question even? Or, or oh, I don't, I don't think I did, but there was a definitely Q and A, and she was much funnier when she was off the cuff doing Q and A with the audience than she was when she was, you know, doing her shtick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always, I've been working on this idea for a while, but it's it's pretty much Bravo people's court. And (laughs) what it is, is like, so we have this question about Hannah, like does Hannah, can Hannah come back to the new season? And then we have a lawyer, like we have a defense lawyer and a prosecution lawyer and they argue their cases. And like the Bravo, like we have a Bravo judge or a Supreme court of Bravo judges. We throw a couple of podcasters on there, maybe some Bravo liberties, who knows? And it would be the same with like Monique and Candace. Like once and for all, we find out who is at, like they have to argue their cases. And with the Monique Candace stuff, we see shot frame by frame video. We see like, and by the way, 
what a missed opportunity on Andy's part. I want to mention with Potomac. What, like, why didn't we all watch the fight together? I would have paid good money to watch all those ladies watch everything in the same room, frame by frame. Like, because I'm not saying, but I would have loved to go, you guys, you see, this is the flip of the hair Candace is doing, right? <laughs> yes. Can we all, can we all agree we're seeing this? Like, Cause I felt like sometimes like, am I going crazy? Cause I see the flip of the hair. Can we, and then the women during the reunion were like, no, that didn't happen. And I'm like, I'm seeing it with my own eyes. Like what? I need Bravo's people court. And, and then we can never talk about it again. Once that decision is you made. put it to rest, you know, exactly. someone can put out a dissenting opinion, but that's it. It just goes into the <laughs> void. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know that I think that that is the stuff that like keeps me up at night is that the discourse on it is so passionate. And at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. We will never have peace. <laughs> I know. But with Uh Hannah, I mean, I think we'll get, you know, a resolution soon because what I love about Summer House is that it airs so close to when summer actually starts. So they have such a like short period of time for them to actually cast, you know, have them back and figure out where they're going to be and who's all coming back. And so and now with Winter House, like that also changes some of the relationships and dynamics. So I'm very interested to see whether or not they actually bring Hannah back, whether or not they bring some new people in whether Sierra is going to come back or not. I mean, I think she is since they put her in, you know, winter house, I feel like, but she was kind of a flop. You know what? I was, I was thinking of that watching today. And I think that was just also me disliking Hannah this season where I was like, screw Sierra. She's stupid. But <laughs> yeah, but I also, then I, it's so funny the conversations I have with myself during these shows. Cause I was like, you know what? It's her first season. Like if I was in there and somebody all of a sudden took a shine to me, like Hannah did with her, I would like, I'm trying to fit in, you know, like, so I'm going to like, I'm going to not, I'm going to reserve judgment on Sierra. I'm not, I'm not happy with Sierra. I'm not proud of you, Sierra, but I am going to reserve judgment until I see her on a winter house and stuff, because really she's a first season person. The, 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 you know, this, and I always thought it was funny with Sierra. Cause at first I was like, she's a nurse. She seems smart. She's pretty like, why is she here? Like, what is her? And then she brought up that she had spent the entirety of high school and she had never talked to her dad. And I was like, bingo, we got a winner. That's, that's what we need to zero in on. Because if you think about it, that's a pretty intense thing for somebody at their really important teenage years to not talk to the most important male figure in most ladies lives, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree that we should give her a little grace. So I I am excited. I'm excited hey guys, to the see main word, this is a, uh, you know, drink every time we said grace, we'll do this is like, know, watch what right. happens live. the funny thing is, you know, I'm Jewish and I grew up Jewish and we never used that word. And so the only time I've been hearing it is like a lot with people making apologies and stuff and asking for grace. And I actually just love the word. I feel like you can use it in so many different ways. So I'm excited um, to see Sierra on Winterhouse too. And and hopefully separated from Hannah, we can actually get to see parts of her personality because she just almost seems like she's an extension of Hannah at this point. Yeah. And like, I mean, Paige, but Paige really plays it beautifully both sides. Like we saw her like give loving words to Amanda being her, you know, bridesmaid at this past uh, episode. And we see her, you know, still with Hannah of like, Hey, no, you know, we see her play both sides. So I am fascinated with how the Hannah page relationship blossoms from this point because page of anything, I think pays attention to the way the ocean flows, you know, like which way the river goes down the river. 
I have a feeling if Hannah is still universally despised by most Bravo audiences, that relationship will be uh, put to the test a little bit more than usual. Maybe, you know, but Paige was even in Winterhouse. So I feel like also there's a feeling that Hannah's not one of the cool kids anymore, you know? Right. But they're also making money together. They have the podcast, the Giggly Squad. They have Giggly Squad merch. Like they are business partners in a way. So it's, yeah, once you have merch involved, you can't get out of that. Thing. I know. Just, <laughs> right. In. You know, you should be like Lindsay Hubbard and do it just yourself. But with the two of them together, they've branded themselves. And so I think it's going to be really interesting if Hannah doesn't come back what happens to the giggly squad? Like, does Hannah get kicked out of that? Does Amanda come in? Would you know? <laughs> yeah. Giggly squad. I mean, it doesn't mean it has to be those two giggly squad. Could exactly. Two girl. The only qualification is you have to be able to giggle and that, that anybody can giggle. So anybody can be in the giggly squad. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, what is on your, uh, you know, the, the last thing is we start winding down. This has really gone way too quick for my liking. Um, we're really on the precipice of having one of the biggest, most intense uh, viewing schedules this next month in May. Because you guys, if you no. don't, aren't aware, Real Housewives of New York starts next week. Next week. And then two weeks after that, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, as well as Shaws of Sunset, as well as a week of specialty Watch What Happens live shows, along with the Summer House Part 2, along with like there's so much like the Dallas reunion will be airing so much stuff. What did you just wave at your dog? Yes. <laughs> did your dog, wait, did your dog wave back? Is you like, do you, wait, you guys, she waved like it was a part, like she waved like, like I was like, you waved, waved. She because she wouldn't come in the room otherwise. You waved her in. You're like, it's okay. Yeah, I was like, no, hey, like you can come, you can come in. <laughs> can it's all good. <laughs> My hey, ridiculous Stassi. dog. Her Stassi. dog's name is Stassi, by the way. Um, yeah, because she's a little white bitch. Oh shit. <laughs> now, um, what are your thoughts on New York coming back? Is that a franchise that you like? I love New York. You know, I've always loved New York. I am a little disappointed that I think there are only five full-time housewives because I do feel like the sweet spot is like five or six. I mean, sorry, six or seven. Yeah. And so when there are five, like what it was on Atlanta this season, I just feel like there's just not enough. I want to see a bit more. So I'm a little nervous about that, but I'm so excited for them to be back. I'm really, I, I love the New York housewives. I also feel like Aside from Leah, the rest, yeah, they're on social media, but they're not like, they're not mavens of social media. They don't like fully understand it, right? Especially if you see what Sonia posts, Luann posts. <laughs> you, know, you also notice they get very few likes as compared to a lot of the other housewives of different. Yeah, different I think they don't really know what they're doing with yeah. social media, which is beautiful. And I absolutely love it. So I feel like there's less stuff that is spoiled from New York in general as as the season, like we didn't really know a whole lot about the last few seasons that came out the way that the spoilers from other cities come out. So I am, I'm definitely excited for New York. I'm really excited for Beverly Hills. Why are you excited for Beverly Hills? I feel like there's a large cast and I, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that they actually start talking about real shit instead of, you know, glossing over everything. They all seem to have this pact that they're not going to bring up each other's drama, legal drama, 
marital drama, you know, if they're friends, they're not going to bring it up on camera, but then you throw Sutton in the mix and she doesn't play by those rules. And you've got Garcelle, who's very honest, tactful, but honest. And I'm hoping that those two start asking enough questions and can kind of play the role of us as the viewer. And we can really start hearing and learning more about what happened with Erica Girardi and Tom and what she really knew. And we can start to develop opinions because, yeah, it's easy to have opinions just reading articles, but kind of seeing her reaction is really what I'm looking for. Does she have any empathy for the people that were hurt by her husband. Uh, You're right. I mean, it is one of those fascinating things. And the kind of thing that we're all waiting for is like, we've seen all the stage paparazzi photos. We've seen like, now let's see her mouth move along. Like, because audiences really do have a great bullshit detector, you know, on Mm -hmm. like what is real, what is not. I do want to say, this is the weirdest thing. I'll I'll try to get a picture of this next time I see it, but they have a real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer that they air during other Bravo shows. And then at the end, they'll do like still frames of like castmates, like just, and they have one of Erica and her face is entirely sweated, like sweaty. I thought it was a tear at first, but then I'm like, wait, it just looks like her face is just wet. Do you know what I'm talking about? I Was it, was it, is she in hiking gear? Was it like from when her and Garcelle went on that hike? Uh, maybe, but like, I don't, it just looks so weird that I'm like, this is, I've got to get a picture because at first I was like, oh, that's a tear. And then I was like, wait a second, is that a tear? That just looks like it's covering the, the water all over her face. It was just, I don't know, for some reason, it just made me laugh. Really. I am kind of excited to see what her face looks like without a massive glam squad. You know, you can even see in some of the like pictures that like her, you know, makeup isn't as blended as like you're starting to see like the imperfections. And I like that because that makes her more relatable. You know, like let's see what you're really like without like, let's see where you're living now. If it's not with Tom, like what can you truly afford on your own? Wouldn't it be great? I mean, God, I mean, if she starts getting hair extensions like Gina from OC. Oh, my gosh. uh, Or Jackie Jackie. from Jersey. Yeah. I mean, it just seems. Um, I don't know. What are you, what are your, what are your thoughts on, uh, they're filming real housewives, all stars this, uh, week. And it's only a seven day shoot from what I hear. We've already gotten like massive leaks. And I, I put my opinion out there where I just, I'm not too, like, I get, I get information sent to me all the time. I'm sure you do too. And, and I want to make a clarification. Somebody said, well, you said you wanted screeners the other day. Isn't that a spoiler? Let me clarify. Screeners mean it's already filmed and I want to see it for the good of me and my podcast. And it doesn't even mean I would tell you guys about it, but I want it because I can feel cool. The information I want as well, but at the same time, there's a part of me as a viewer that I'm like, I don't need to know what color sheets they have in the villa. Like, I don't know why this, like, I'm like, who is this? Like, how Bravo should send an assassin out or something. Like, how is this much leaks <laughs> happening? You know, I have no idea. And you talk to people and they're like, oh, I know people, I know producers, or I know this, or I know that. It's like, how do you know all these people and how do you gather all this information? I really think because it's only four episodes, I really don't want to know any spoilers. I almost didn't want to know who was in the, like, who was cast for it. Um, and so if they add people to the cast, like, you know, halfway through, then I really don't want to know who those people are. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, 
I mean, it's like weird. It's like, so I want screeners, but I don't want spoilers. Like screeners, yes. Spoilers, no. And screeners, you guys are, I talked about it last week is when advanced copies of these things go out and then people put on social media, like saw the first episode of New York. It's magical. Like I, I prefer to be doing that. So if anybody has screeners, give them to me, but spoilers, not so much. Spoilers are like six months out, <laughs> like six months out, you know, like give right? me a six month grace period from when it, you know, airs. What's so interesting about screeners though, is I feel like they'll send a lot of screeners for the first episode of a season to a ton of people to try and generate buzz about the season. And sometimes the season's great and the buzz totally makes sense. And sometimes the season's a total flop, you know, yeah. like they were pretty good about sending those screeners out for Jersey to people. Cause it was, I think a really good season of the real housewives in New Jersey. But, you know, a couple of years ago, there was, you know, this season with LVP and Kyle on Beverly Hills, like that first episode was incredible. And then the rest of the season was just downhill. Yeah. Did you watch Dallas this season? Yeah, I don't know. I'm. <laughs> you said that. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I. It's hard for me to quit on things. I really like Tiffany Moon, and Love I really Tiffany. like Deandra, and so Deandra. I'm yeah. gonna keep watching as long as they're on because I want to support them, and I don't want to see the whole franchise suffer just because some of the other folks on the cast aren't fun to watch. And that that's yeah. the that's the damn truth. It's not that like they're problematic or whatever. Like Carrie is truly not fun to watch, man. And I got to tell you guys, I, I do uh, recaps of Dallas on the Patreon and I just put one out this weekend and I was talking. They had a scene in last week's Dallas where Carrie is around all of her daughters and she's talking about her mom being a binge drinker. And now they're making, you know, it's nice because they're talking again. But I'm like, Carrie, you're a binge drinker like you're exactly who you're explaining to your daughters, what you didn't like growing up. And it's also made you kind of an ignorant, rude, a-hole a lot of the season and where you don't give grace to other castmates and things <laughs> like that. Like you're a real, like it's a real stick in the mud for me. And like, she thinks she's being cute and snarky and fun. And none of that reads on camera. It just reads rude and assholish. It's the most, she's the most cringe person I feel like I've ever seen on Housewives, truly. And then apparently this week, she's going to trash JR's room at the ranch. Yeah. So you guys, they rent, they, they, they're doing a thing at the, there was a show called Dallas in the eighties and there was like a South Fork ranch and they're all there for the season finale. And supposedly she falls into some kind of glass thing. And that's when they all confront her about her drinking, which is great. I'm down for that. But like, couldn't we have done this seven episodes ago? We're doing this on the season finale. Like, and then you guys she flipping had COVID and she doesn't even film the reunion. She's at, <laughs> on, on like a zoom call. Like that's like, that, that's so carry to me. It's so carry. If you could have told me any of them got COVID, I would be like, definitely carry. And then Brandy supposedly was sitting next to her on the plane and Brandy at her bait. But I'm like, isn't that interesting that Carrie and Brandy, like they're still, having problems like they they've had problems all season they're still like problems seem to follow these people around and when you when you say that you also got to leave room for or they create the problems and you know like or that is who they are as people you know right oh man i also can't get over that we've had an entire season of dallas brandy has been pregnant and not known it like that is wild to me <laughs> well do we believe that she didn't know it i mean she's appears to be drinking heavily throughout. So I'm assuming she didn't know. Right? I have no idea. I think you're bringing that lady to drink. I mean, I, I, you know, 
<laughs> um, <laughs> are you excited about Vanderpump Rules potentially coming back? Yeah, I mean, I I'm willing to watch anything. I have, back. I have a very low standards, Ryan, when it comes to Bravo. I am not giving up on this network, and I'm not giving up on these shows, and I'm going to continue watching that- no matter how problematic they are. <laughs> So I'm I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to see you. I, I'm a little bit nervous, like what direction they're going to go in, because I don't know who's coming back. But, you know, I'll check it well, out in, in my head. In my head, this is how I picture it. So we have like black, like we have blackness and we have like, you know, nah, 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 nah. we have the Dina Dead, but it's like the slowed down version of it, you know, these yeah, the sad one. Days. Yeah. And then we have we we hear just Lisa's voice where it's the monologue she told Jax last season of like, this is not your show. We all deal with things. We go through life and we'll have flashes of Jax, of Stassi, of Kristen. And we'll, you know, we'll have all these flashes. And then uh, then we'll have a sun setting over uh, Tom Tom and the sun sets. And all of a sudden the sunrise happens. And all of a sudden we pan over right into Sheena's vagina and the baby is coming <laughs> out of the vagina and it is in the Sir Alleyway where she is giving birth and Peter's out there. Everybody's out there. And then good as gold plays and everybody's having a good time. And we realize we're back into a new season. And that's how I picture the first episode starting. That sounds absolutely perfect. I would be yeah. in. I would be sucked in. <laughs> yeah, sucked in. Well, Gina will be <laughs> pushing something out. You'll be sucked in. That's good. Um, uh, will you be watching the Bethany Frankel show on HBO Max that premieres this week no. on the 28th? I have to draw standards somewhere. I know. I know. So I don't have HBO. So that's the main thing. If I did, maybe I would give it a try, but I didn't watch Overserved with LVP. I'm just, I don't know. I find Bethany also really cringy. Like she's trying to make herself be someone. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like watching her in a situation without housewives. I thought she was a fantastic housewife and so great for the ensemble of New York, but I don't think I would want to watch a show around her because She's not the most likable if you follow her on social media. Like, no, I, I don't I, think yeah, she can right. carry it alone. And so I don't want to like not like her more than I already have started to not like her since she left. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> I just, uh, I, you brought up Lisa Vanderpump's overserved on the E network, E apostrophe E. And uh, I accidentally watched an episode the other day. And that How is was the kind it? of, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's not, not good because I was like, how did I accidentally watch this? Like I, when you're, it's just funny, that show kind of like, that show depends on people accidentally watching it where like you turn on TV and it's just on and you're like, oh, and then it's like 30 minutes. And then you're like, oh, this is so dumb. And then all of a sudden it's over and you're like, oh my God, I accidentally watched that show. And you're kind of like tickled by it. You're like, that's so funny. I never would have watched that. And, but you don't make any effort to like put it on your DVR or anything. Like there was no, I was like, Oh, I don't need this. I don't need any of this. Lala was on there this past week and she even brought up Sheena podcast drama of, you know, that I will not be talking to Sheena ever again. And, you know, like I just find, I find hard declarations in reality shows pretty funny. Cause I'm like, I don't ever believe anything like that. And by the way, that's just so dumb, even from a business perspective of saying, you're never going to talk like you're not, once again, Lala, you are not bigger than the show, you know? I mean, I think she thinks she is. Considering, that's what I'm saying. You know, yes, yeah. 
I know, but I don't think it has much to do with just her. I think it's like Randall. She thinks like she has a ticket out of there and she's going to become a, a big time actress. And she just got her start on reality TV. And I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like, is she going to be the Hannah kind of where she's kind of on the outskirts and doesn't have any real relationships with the rest of the cast? Because if she's on this next season of Vanderpump Rules, who is she truly friends with? I I don't even know how you put her. I mean, I know she's on, but I just don't even know how you use her and what that plot line is. Is is, is it just like motherhood, which is, by the way, a beautiful thing. But I just, in terms of how do you, how do you, I mean, I don't know. It, that's, that's, you know what? But I will say I'm interested in finding out. I, I'm kind of getting that yeah. point where I'm like, you know what? I could watch Vanderpump Rules again. I'm not as angry as I was over the summer. Let's see what they have, you know, like, it can't be worse than overserved. Like, I mean, it, 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 it's mm. something. And I love Tom and Ariana. So I'm kind of interested to see what they could do with it. I'm also hoping for the redemption of Katie Maloney Schwartz, because I feel like she's got a consistently shitty edit over like the entirety of the show. And a lot of people don't like her. And I think she's a fantastic person. And I'm hoping that without Stassi and Kristen, people can actually get to know her as a person. Not that I do, <laughs> but I met them once on Watch What Happens Live, and I thought her and Tom were really kind, down-to-earth people. And I was like, why does this not come through on the show? Like, Tom Schwartz is so charming, and we all get that on the show. We can all yeah. tell he's charming. But for whatever reason, she doesn't come across as, like, the most likable person on the show. But if you think about it, like, I think she's, like, a good friend, a good human being. And I don't know. She might be one of the only decent people um, <laughs> that's been on that show. I, I, yeah, when you met, I would have loved if you had went, went up to them and was like, Katie, it's not reading. You're so lovely and it's just not reading. I know. I would be like, how come this isn't coming across <laughs> on my so screen? Much. I love, you know, everybody always comments on Katie's fashion too, because somebody isn't her blog like Pucker and Pout and it's all about fashion and stuff. And yet even I can recognize, I'm like, oh, sometimes you don't, you know, match really well. You know, like it's funny when even <laughs> right. I'm like, well, Old Navy could probably do you good. And um, I don't know. Like, I'm curious. Like, I always loved Katie when she was in that fight with Stassi, when Stassi wasn't on the show. I thought Katie had a really good season. So I'm kind of excited. Yeah, there is a potential Katie redemption arc in there. I hope so. I hope everyone sees what I've been seeing the whole time where I'm like, I just think it's not coming across. But I think she's a good person. And I think she's interesting. I love you. are like, I want, I want people to see I want people to see how beautiful you are, Katie. You're so beautiful to me. I want people to see what I see. Mandy's in you. Um, I think she's great. Okay, Mandy, I've I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, <laughs> I think she's great. Mandy Slutsker on Katie Maloney Schwartz. Um, where can we find you? How do we support you? The the podcast, which has been going on 3.5 years, I believe. Um, is this real life? You can find it. You said every Sunday is when you air new episodes. Yeah. yeah I put them out Sundays at 8 a.m. Eastern, Eastern daylight time. And what do we have coming up? Me. Is there, is there anything coming up on the pod to, to look out for? Yeah. So I've got, um, this week I'm going to be interviewing Larry from at Bravo by gaze. Um, and we're oh, going to be recapping guy, the whole yeah. week in Bravo. He's fantastic. And I have Anthony Lario coming on oh, the week I love after. Anthony, yeah. 
to talk about Jersey and then Victoria Lee, Agency Watch Bravo is going to be on. I love Victoria too. So I've got a ton of great people coming on um, and you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can find me on social media at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram and Clubhouse sometimes. I like don't really understand Clubhouse. Clubhouse thing, you know, (laughs) I'll do the Clubhouse, but at the same time, I'm like, I, we both talk so much and like, if you want my opinion, like you can usually get it. And like, it's cool to hear other people talk and stuff, but I love the clubhouse. You guys, if you're not on, it'll be like, I'm learning now. Everybody has clubhouse etiquette where it'll be like, this is Ryan. And then I'll say my comment. And then you're supposed to say, that's all I have to say. Like, like and so the next, this is Ryan and I'm done speaking. <laughs> yes. That's, that's it. This is Ryan and I'm done speaking. And I don't, and I always forget those things. So I just like jump in and then I realize I didn't say I'm done speaking. So then there's dead air and then I feel like an asshole. So it, it's, it's one of those things that I'm like, also who needs to hear more of me, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've been on Instagram, but I haven't really like, I used to barely ever log in. And the last few months I've tried really hard to like be intentional about being on Instagram more. Cause that's how people get in touch with you. They, they DM you and stuff like that. And I find it's such a more pleasant place than Twitter. So I'm trying to spend a little bit more time there rather than on Twitter, but you can get Twitter all my, successful. Oh my I God. know you can get yeah, all my, I can't get, a, can't stop doing it. No, I, I talk a lot about public health and stuff. And lately I've been trying to make some memes that are at the crossroads of public health and housewives. And you so talk, that- yeah, I mean, by the way, if you follow Amanda, you actually get real content. Like I, like I said, I always just do like <laughs> fart jokes or things in the moment where I'm like, Oh, this is so dumb. You know? No, your podcast is fantastic. I laugh every time I listen to it. I love when you have, you know, the folks from summer house on loved your conversation with Luke, love your conversation with Lindsay. Um, what I think is so special about you is you make people feel so at ease when you talk to them. And I feel like they start to share more with you because they're not put off by you. It doesn't feel like so formal. It feels like they're talking to a friend. So I feel like when I listen to your interviews with Bravo celebrities, I find out more about them than sometimes when I listen to them being interviewed by other people. So well, I really awesome. appreciate Thank you that. For the compliment. Mandy, tell me about your first kiss. Uh, <laughs> in life. Uh, you, tell me about uh, your it first was at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. Uh, what about you? <laughs> um, you guys, uh, really, go listen to our podcast. I think if you have not, you're going to love it. Um, uh, so please go do that. Uh, I'll probably be on sometime in the future, but you would also just, uh, always, I I like to do this too. I was on an episode of this already. So even if you want that kind of like bridge, go to that episode, uh, if you're scared to pick up a new podcast and then use that to like get you into new episodes or something that might be a way to do it. And uh, go rate it five stars because that really does help and it's free to do. And uh, yeah, Mandy, thank you so much. I'll probably make you do a Patreon episode uh, about something specific. Uh, But this is, I I love doing all these kind of round the world conversations where we can just go anywhere and it's not um, as tight as like a recap, you know? Yeah. And we got to talk about having hope. And I think that's really important. (laughs) Having hope. I'm saying it's important to have hope. I, I gave Mandy grace today and she gave me grace and we're giving all of you grace um so we gracefully are going to say goodbye right now but i want you to go into your tuesday with so much grace i want you to grace the fuck out of your tuesday just grace it up call family call friends say grace to them and if we can all just be more graceful to each other i think we're gonna have more of a grace 
in our lives. Would you agree, and Mandy? A, yeah, and a graceful summer. Great and great and grace to you as well. And I grace <laughs> to you and grace to everybody and grace to that uh, young man you kissed at your bar mitzvah for the very first time. <laughs> and we will talk to you next time. Bye, Ryan. Betches.